Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast, a place for athletes, coaches, and parents who know the value of a strong mindset. I'm your host, Coach AB, a mental performance coach on a mission, former softball coach, wife, and mom of three. Each episode, we will dive deep into all things mental performance, mindset tools, and how to rewire the brain for success. So if your goal is to gain the mental edge and learn the secrets of mental performance, you're in the right place. Let's tune in to today's episode. All right, so we have a guest speaker tonight for the Fearless Warriors. It is our January guest speaker call. And tonight we have Corey Huminski. She is a fast pitch softball instructor out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I have gotten to know Corey as a coach and somebody who's a huge advocate for the mental side of the game. She's a former Pitt alum, and she holds the career and single season ERA records for Pitt softball. And she is a former Colorado Gatorade Player of the Year Award winner, which is a huge deal. She's also a pediatric cancer survivor, an autoimmune disease warrior who has scaled Mount Kilimanjaro and climbed to Mount Everest base camp, which we shared that photo in the Facebook group. One of her core values is resiliency, not just as a pitcher, but as a player on the field and also in life. And I am so excited for her to share her story for you guys tonight. You guys are going to get to ask questions, all the amazing things. Corey, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me, Coach AB. I'm excited to be here. I know it's kind of a fun little intro. So give us a give us a look into your life right now. I know you're doing a lot of coaching. What what's your typical week look like? And um we also get to kind of show behind the scenes of what it's like to have coaching be your career, right? Yeah, yeah. Um I basically give lessons six days a week. Um Every, every evening, weekdays after everyone gets out of school until like nine o'clock at night and then Saturday and Sunday in the mornings. Um, so pretty much all the time, as much as I can. So uh, that's what I do most days. And then um, in between that, I've got four dogs, four cats and a bunny. So I have my hands full with lots of pets and um, and then my husband. <laughs> so him and I do a lot of stuff together, traveling and going out to eat and stuff like that. So I love it so much. So for those that don't know your story, and I know that we're going to share this on the podcast as well, give us a quick background of, you know, why are you so passionate about resiliency? And I know you weave that through a lot of your coaching with your girls in person. Why is that so important to you? Yeah. um, I mean, I think it's so important because I just got like a giant dose of it when I I turned 11 years old. Um, that's when I was diagnosed with a, a rare form of lung cancer. And um, all of a sudden, my life went from, you know, just being a kid and playing softball and going to school and to suddenly being in the hospital and doing all these tests and all this stuff. And um, it's hard to be prepared. I don't think you can be prepared for that, um, especially at that age. So I just, you know, had to kind of learn as I go and figure it out. And um, you know, and now as a coach, I do have some students who I've met who are like going through some really serious things health wise or, um, family or whatever it may be. And so, um, I think the more I can be open about it and talk to them about it, it's, it's good for them because sometimes you can feel really alone. And so, um, so I, I like to be open with the kids and talk to them about, you know, what they might be going through too. Yeah. And I think the perspective of, if we are struggling on the mound or if 
we, you know, go O for three that day. And what message would you give to girls if, you know, I think we get so caught up in softball, right. And not, not to compare our lives to other people, but there are children out there that are facing really big battles. And as you guys get older, you're going to face even bigger battles beyond the softball field. How does that give us perspective or how does that, how does it give you perspective after going through that? Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest perspective I have is just like every day is a new day. And so, you know, yeah, you're going to, everyone's going to throw a bad game or mess up or, you know, do something really embarrassing. I tripped once while I was pitching, like I pitched and almost fell over because I caught my shoelace. Like it was very embarrassing. I'm not going to lie, but like, you know, things happen and you just, you know, the next day, the next game, you know, even the next batter is a new one. So, you know, I think that helps because just like when you're going through something like every day is a new day and you just kind of move forward through it. And I think, um, you know, that puts things in perspective when you look at it like that, because I think it's really easy to like, like you said, like go over three and freak out. And in, in reality, it's not that big of a deal. I think it becomes more of a big deal because we make it such a big deal. If we move past it, it's a little bit easier to handle. Yeah. And can you take us back to those times? What was kind of going through your head? If you can think back, you know, to those moments of, I just want to see the softball field again. I just want to be able to walk, to talk, to have my childhood. What kind of motivated you to get through those times? I I really think softball was a what was what helped me get through it, to be honest, because that was something I really loved. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of good friends there. And I wasn't able to do it for a while. And I I missed it. And I know my dad thought that was a really big part of like, kind of my like, rehab of getting back into being a normal kid was to start doing the things I had been doing before. So like, when I got the all clear that I could start playing softball again, like not even play, like just start to fix and like, try to pitch and like all that kind of stuff. It that, that kept me going, you know, I had that to look forward to it was something I was like, hoping for and waiting for. And if you don't have something that you're looking forward to, I think that also makes things really hard to get through. There has to be something that is pushing you to get through it all. And for me, it was definitely softball. Absolutely. Uh, A lot of you guys are currently in the program. And so we haven't quite gotten to it unless you did your homework early. Um, We talk about your why. I would love for you guys to share your why in the chat for Corey to see. I think that would be really cool. And we have a different mix of warriors. So we have, um, Corey, we have our alumni who have graduated from the program. We have teams that have gone through the program. And then currently we have, um, team, is it team 21? Are you guys team 20, team 20, right? I'm getting ahead of myself because we're already planning for team 21, but team 20 is currently going through the program. So they, we talk about your why. What, what do you feel like was your reason? Like your why, what kept you going even past the, you know, you, you came back, you came back, you, you conquered cancer. Was there ever a a thought in your mind of like what life looked like afterwards? Like what motivated you? Um, I mean, that's a hard one. I'm, um, I think it's just when you, when you go, I, I would never wish anything bad upon anybody, but I think when you go through something that's really hard, whatever it might be. Um, it just puts things in perspective. And so it makes you appreciate things and it makes you, um, you know, 
like kind of just look at the world a little bit differently. And I think that's what all of this did a little bit to me was just make me realize that some things really are insignificant and don't matter and you can't hyper focus on them. And then some things are really big and important. And I think it just gave me a lot of perspective. And I do think that like, that's part of why I went through all of this was because I needed to, you know, learn how to see things differently. And so like, I think that's how it kind of like, that's what I got out of all of it. And like, to just, you know, experience things and push yourself to do things that maybe you thought you couldn't because you're, you're capable of a lot more than you think. And until you're kind of tested with that, it's hard to know. So I think this tested me a little bit and, and pushed me through. And, um, and that's kind of, I think, I don't know, that's my why. I mean, I, I, it just pushed me to try more stuff and go outside my box and not be afraid of everything. And I, when we first talked a while back, you had mentioned hiking, right. Of like, Mm -hmm. can I do this? What would this look like? And having that identity, I think you really had to challenge that identity of, you know, can my body do this? What if I try? Right. So what what was that kind of thought process in, in that adventure? Um, it was honestly, and and you'll laugh about it, but I started Googling things. Like (laughs) I was like, can a cancer survivor do this? Has anyone else done this? And like, that's actually how I ended up getting connected with the, um, the organization I climbed with was because this guy is a cancer survivor and he does this every year and he brings people, um, who are cancer survivors to do this, to show them that like, you can do things like more than you think you can. And so, um, you know, that was definitely, uh, you know, something, it just, it was something to push myself again, because I pushed myself through softball and I tried to achieve the best I could. And then it was over. I graduated. It was done. And I kind of had an identity crisis. And I was like, who am I without softball? Um, so, so I think this gave me that like new thing to like try to do and push and, and have fun. I've met some really cool people like from all over the country, which is really, really cool. Um, so it's just kind of expanded my horizons a little bit, um, as well. So do you feel like there's parallels of softball is really hard for certain reasons? And, you know, obviously getting to base camp of Mount Everest is very impressive, right? And and I don't know which, which one is higher is Mount Kilimanjaro higher is Mount Everest. Mount Kilimanjaro is higher. It's 19,000. Um, and about base camp Everest is 17. And then obviously the top of Everest is like 29 or something absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. And, um, I would equate it to being similar to like, you know, we've all been in those tournaments where you're playing like a bazillion games in one day, right? Either we got into the loser's bracket or like some of these winter tournaments where you play like eight games in one day or something ridiculous indoors. Um, by the end of the day, you're like exhausted, right? Like everyone's kind of like just swinging the bat, hoping to make contact because we're just tired. And I feel like that's how it was like climbing the mountain. Like I started off really strong. And then I like started to slowly get really, really tired and really, really exhausted. And then I had to push myself. I'm like, you can't quit. Like, I mean, you'd have to turn around and go back down anyways. Like you still have work to do either way. So, um, so yeah, it's like this, it is, I think softball is kind of like a metaphorical mountain as we keep, you know, climbing then. And then you go from like 10 U softball to college softball. I think that's a, met, a mountain as well. Like you're getting higher and higher. The difficulty gets harder. 
Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, and that's, a, that brought up another question is tell us more about your college experience. Cause I know you had some incredible stats playing in college. And I think one of the challenges that we hear a lot from guest speakers and anyone who's gone at the next level is you go from being one of the best players at your high school to then going to college. What was that like for you transitioning to Pitt? Um, it was definitely a huge transition. I mean, that my example as a from the pitcher side is like, you know, in high school ball or maybe even a little in travel ball, you know, you you'd have to really worry about that middle of the lineup, right? But like those really strong girls. You get to college and like literally every person was the best hitter on their team and then they're all on one team. <laughs> so as a pitcher, it was really this like you have to be on point like every single batter. There is no batter to take off. There is no time to relax. Um, so I think that intensity was huge. Um, for me, it was also, uh, and I think girls do a little better job of this now. But when I was younger, I like went to the gym a little bit. You know, I kind of like made sure I stayed healthy and active, but I wasn't like lifting and doing cardio all the time. You get to college and like, <laughs> I got my butt kicked as soon as I got to pit. Like I couldn't move. I remember like barely being able to walk. I was so sore. So that was a big change for me was like having a lot more of a strong, you know, lifting and conditioning routine plus softball. And then of course school, like it, right. you know, college is harder than high school. So um, so yeah, that was a big change with all of that too. But well, have you ever thought about that? If you only lift even just three to four days a week, we would lift for an hour and then we would do conditioning for an hour. So that's mm -hmm. two hours of your day. And then you have a three hour practice. Mm -hmm. So that's five hour days. So now you're up to, if you lift three days a week, that's 15 hours. And then you add in the extra six hours. I mean, that's a part-time job. Yeah, it, it really was. I active. Yes. I used to think about that. I'm like, I'm literally doing like a job plus school, like a, a manual labor job plus school. Um, <laughs> I'll and, go digging ditches. Right. <laughs> and I would, I'd be so tired. I became the queen of naps. I tell all my, my seniors when they go off to college, if, cause I was like, can you give me one piece of advice? I'm like, take naps, like plan them because you need them. And, um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it's, it's hard. It's a lot to, to handle. Um, but I think it really sets you up for life. I mean, you can do all that, man, you can handle a job and anything else you need to do afterwards. So, um, and it's so much fun. Like I would never do it differently. I had a blast. It was, it was an amazing experience. Agreed. I would, I would go back to college in a heartbeat. So <laughs> We'll kind of pass the mic to our warriors. Um, you guys always come up with great questions. If you have questions for Coach Corey as far as her mentality, her mental skills, what she sees as a coach, her college experience, some of the questions that I've asked her, you guys have some great questions. Does anyone want to unmute and ask Coach Corey a question? Or if you want, you can type it in the chat. I see Presley. Um, it's not softball related, but do you ever want to try to summit Mount Everest? So I personally do not because I think it's really high and very dangerous. I really just wanted to see Mount Everest in person. That was my goal. Um, but I do know of a couple of people um, like the guy I climbed with and the um, like our guide who did climb it. And they said it was absolutely amazing. And it was one of the best views you can ever imagine. And they loved it. So 
I lived vicariously through them and their stories. I feel like I got fed uh, videos on the algorithm and now I'm just freaked out about how treacherous climbing Mount Everest is. It's like the algorithm knows. Yeah. Presley, would you, are you, would you put that on your bucket list? I live in Washington state, so I'd like to summit Mount Rainier, but definitely not Everest. Yes. Very cool. I would like to do that one day too. That sounds awesome. What other questions do you guys have? I have a question and I kind of went this route too, but what was that decision like for you after college? When did you start coaching full-time and when did you realize that you could stay in softball as a career? Yeah. Um, so I did start working a job when I went to grad school and then after grad school, I started working a job like a a normal, you know, five day a week kind of job. And then I was giving pitching lessons on the weekends. Um, Basically, I I love doing it, um, but I didn't have room. I didn't have enough time to do it. So I like slowly started adding a few more here and there. And then I started having a few days where I could get off early for my other jobs. Then I added some night lessons there. And then like, you know, and then it started building because like my kids started then pitching well. So then like other people are like, who's your pitching coach? And then, you know, so it kind of started building. Um, and then it got to a point where I was working like 70 hours a week and my husband actually was like, can we have a talk? (laughs) And I was like, okay. And he was like, I don't see you anymore. (laughs) Like you're working way too much. Um, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I mean, in a perfect world, I want to just give lessons all the time. I would love to do that. Um, but I was kind of afraid of like, um, I guess afraid of failure because, you know, I would have to fill all my hours with lessons. And like, could I actually do that? Are there enough people interested in lessons? That sort of thing. Um, so he basically, I just, I have a wonderful husband and he basically just was like, just try it. Like if it fails, it fails, but if it doesn't, like you'll love it. So like, just try it. So I ended up, um, basically quitting my job and, um, then working very quickly to try and reach out and tell people that I was opening up my lessons and, and I ended up, it was like in less than a month, I had filled up full time um, and everyone's on reoccurring lessons and pretty much if someone graduates or if someone decides they don't want to pitch anymore, which is fine too, like then I'll have an opening, but um, I never thought that was going to happen. So um, it was a little bit of like, just jump into it slash having a really good support system who was encouraging me to do it. And, uh, and it worked out, but I never, I didn't. When I was in high school or college, I did not see this as my path. So you never know what will happen. And that's incredible because I know how hard it is to to fill that. And I'm so proud of you for chasing that because it is scary, right? Of yes, can I, you know, true. I make the joke, you know, here in Nebraska, Rhonda Ravel and some of the other college coaches are the only coaches that, you know, coach full time. And I think there's more opportunities for us. And so I just yeah. If you guys listening to Corey's answer to this, if you guys want to stay involved in softball, but there's a question mark in your head of what that would look like, there are going to be so many opportunities for you guys after you graduate that you get to make it what you want it to be, which is so cool. And the cool part too, is it's not just the pitching, right? Like, yes, I'm coaching pitching, but I actually love the relationships that I'm forming with my students. Like I have a bunch of them that feel like they're my own kids and you know, we talk about everything like softball and non-softball and, 
it's just so much fun to see them grow. And I think that's, that's probably the part I love the most. And that's not even the softball like part, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just fun to be involved in people's lives and you know, that's the part I like. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so Colette, you've been wait- waiting patiently. Do you want to unmute and ask your question? Um, what made you want to play softball? That is a great question. Um, so I was actually born in Orange County, California. And out there when I was a kid, softball was like the thing to do. Everybody did it. Um, my best friends played softball. And so I tried softball. Um, I also tried like basketball and volleyball and a bunch of different stuff, but I really loved softball. So I just kind of stuck with it. And that became the main thing that I played. And, um, it really was just because my dad threw me in a bunch of sports, but softball was the biggie out there when I was a kid. So that's kind of how I got started with it. Those of you in California on the call, is she right? (laughs) She's right. Zuma. (laughs) Yeah. Like Um, the Mecca of softball. (laughs) It is. It's the Mecca. Uh, let's, we've got one in the chat that I saw came through Ray. Do you want to unmute or do you want me to read it? Do you want me to read it? She's going for it. You want to ask your question, Ray? Um, what are some tips when like your team's not doing so good or whatever, and you get like, and you're just getting really frustrated? Yeah. Um, so one of the things I think is really cool about softball is it's a team sport, but it also has this individual aspect to it. And I think one of the things that helped me the most when, like, if I was getting frustrated because we, like the team was having trouble, but I felt like I was doing okay, I would try to take a really deep breath and try to lift up my teammates and tell them like, it's okay that you made that air, like, let's move on or, you know, bring us together if we're not hitting well. And I think that's something that's really important is like, it's, I think it's very rare to have an entire team that everyone's having a bad day. Usually it's just a few of us might be having a bad day. So if you can kind of take it upon yourself, if you feel like you're one of those people that is having like a good day to try to lift up your teammates having a bad day, the whole team atmosphere gets better. Um, instead of everyone kind of moping, you try to bring everybody up. And I think that helps a lot. Um, and I think if it's personally you that's having the bad day, this is something I would always ask myself and you can laugh. It's a little bit funny, but I think it helps put things in perspective. I would always like, if I gave up a home run or I did something bad, I would always stop and go, okay, when I'm like a 90 year old grandma, is this moment going to be the thing that I remember? And the answer is probably going to be no. You're going to remember the big things like winning a championship or like maybe you threw a perfect game once. Like those are the things I remember now. I don't remember like the little times when I maybe had a really bad game or something. So I think it puts it in perspective and makes you be like, it's going to be fine. Just move on. And um, so I would always ask myself that question and it just helped get myself in a better place. I hope that helps. Good question, Ray. I like that. And I like your, your answer. (laughs) Will this matter when I'm 90? Are we going to be revisiting these memories in the nursing home? Probably. No, Maybe that one not. home run that you were like. I, oh, I have one home run. There's yeah. one. I remember exactly like it was yesterday. I know who hit it. I know her name. I know where she went to school, everything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one. Maybe there's a few in there, but the rest, not so much. Okay. We have another question. Malia. Oh, what was your recruiting journey like? Sure. Um, I actually had kind of a fun, like different recruiting journey, I think. Um, 
camps weren't really big when I was a kid. I mean, like I went to my local college camps, but, um, you know, now there's a lot of college camps, which I think are really great. Um, but for me, I, um, I have a little bit of funny form in my pitching. So I didn't want to send videos to college coaches because I was afraid they'd be like, what is she doing? And, and they wouldn't take another look. So I did a lot of, um, you know, sending stats and sending um, coaches where I was playing and um, any articles that might have been written up or anything like that. And I just basically wanted to get them to come to games. So then I made sure I went to like our team went to tournaments where the college coaches were because you have you need to be seen. Um, so then they were there. And, and to be honest, I had a couple different schools I was looking at and I hadn't heard anything from Pitt whatsoever until my very last national tournament in August, right before my senior year. And then all of a sudden they contacted me, wanted me to come out and were offering me a scholarship, but they hadn't responded to any of my emails like the whole summer. Like I basically assumed they had no interest. Um, but in reality, um, you know, they just, one hadn't seen me, but also I think they might've been looking at some other pictures before me. And then one of them, you know, decided to go elsewhere. So I, I don't know that I was like a first pick. I think I might've been like a third or fourth pick, but you never know what's going to happen. You know, um, some people didn't choose to go there. So then they go to their other picks, but then sure enough, when I got there, I ended up being like a starting pitcher. I was pitching everything. So like, you know, you just never know who might come out of the woodworks at the last minute. Um, you know, you don't know what might be the best fit for you. Um, some other schools I thought I really liked, but then when I actually went and visited them, I didn't like them as much. So um, I think you can't put all your eggs in one basket and you can't rule anybody out um, too early um, or think like all is lost if you hadn't heard, heard from someone for a while because they might last minute be like, you know what, actually, you know, this is what I want. So, um, you know, that was kind of my journey. I didn't I didn't expect it to go where it did, but I'm glad it did because it, it was great. I really enjoyed it there. Awesome question, Malia. So to, to piggyback off of that, when you visited Pitt, did you get the feeling that everybody talks about of when you know, you know, like when you step on campus, did you get that feeling? Yes, I did. Um, I basically kind of went on like a job in call. I moved to Colorado when I was um, like nine years old and in Colorado, they play softball in the fall. So I, my senior year, I had softball in the fall. So then I had to wait till that was done so I could go start visiting the schools. So um, I basically kind of did like a, a bunch of visits all at once. And so I went to like five or six different schools um, in, in like within a, like a week kind of thing. I kind of piggybacked them all. And uh, I think every school I left and had some sort of feeling of like, I like it, but I don't like this one thing. Or I like this, but I, but I don't know about this one thing. But when I went to Pitt, like there was nothing that I didn't like, like, I, I liked the campus. I liked the city. I liked the team. I liked the coaches. I liked the academics. I I just kind of liked everything. So there was nothing that, you know, and I remember actually asking my parents, like, what do you think? And their response was, well, it doesn't matter what I think. What do you think? And so, you know, I was like, well, I don't, there's nothing I don't like. And they're like, oh, that seems to answer your question. And I still like was, you know, debating a little bit because I was, you know, I analyzed stuff a lot. But it just, I, you know, I, I did. I had that feeling like it was just, it was a good fit. And I, and I think big part of it was I also really liked the girls because at the end of the day, you're going to be spending so much time with them. 
that if, if you didn't feel comfortable or you didn't like the, like their vibe, like it, it would be hard to spend all your time with them. So, um, I think that's the part that really got me was just how much I really enjoyed the, the team and the coaches. So, yeah. That's awesome advice. So one more question on that, because I think you guys, do you guys have a lot of questions about recruiting and is this helpful? Because I think a lot of us have big goals, right? We want to play further. I think so often we get in our heads about, well, I don't want to come across as needy or desperate. And I want to make sure that these college coaches are paying attention to me. Did you let Pitt know that they were your top school once you made that realization when you were emailing them? Um, I think I want to say I didn't let them know right away because I was still trying to, I don't want this to come across bad either, but like, in a sense, you're, you're, you're kind of trying to sell yourself. Like you, like you want to get the best like deal you can. So like, I wanted them to give me their best offers. Right. So like, I wanted Pitt to give me their best offer. I wanted, like, I was also really interested in UPenn and I, I visited there and I wanted their best, like, so I wanted everyone's best offers. Um, because that also helps make my decision because at the end of the day, um, you know, if I can get scholarship money, that does help with what you owe later in life. So I did kind of think about those things as well. And I wanted to have them not, if they knew I was totally like hundred percent, I want to go here, then they don't feel like they have to try as hard to get me. I wanted them to try hard to get me so that I could get my best offer. You know what I mean? So, um, I didn't just tell everyone what I was feeling right away. I kind of used it as a negotiating tool if that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. But, you know, <laughs> letting them know, Hey, you are a top school. This you're on my list. I would love, absolutely. you know, I visited campus and, yeah. um, that's and something I wish I could redo in my recruiting journey yeah. is just letting them know, Hey, I could see myself here because they're oh, taking yeah. a gamble on us too. Of Does she want to come here? Are we a top school? Those types of yes. questions. Absolutely. Like they knew like every school that I had like gone to like actually visit, like do an official visit and stay with the team and all, all that. Like they definitely knew I was very interested, but they knew I was seeing a couple schools. So they didn't know where I stood with those few, but they knew that it was like um, very serious with those few schools that I was looking at for sure. Yeah. Um, but I also, I went into the office once um, with my coach and she had like all this paperwork and stuff sitting there. And I remember asking her like, what is all of this? And she said, this is recruiting. And I was like, oh my God. Like, so then that, like, I know a lot of my students will be like, she, the coach hasn't emailed me back. I don't know if I should email again. And I had to remind them, like, they receive thousands, thousands of emails and letters and videos and like all the things. And I said, it's so like, I miss emails and I don't have thousands of them, right? Like I miss texts and I don't have thousands of them. So it's so easy for them to, accidentally skip by you when they have other things going up to the top of their inbox. So I always tell everybody like, don't be afraid to like keep emailing. Cause like, you're not being annoying, but you do have to like, you know, be present in there. And, and you know, you, so you do have to be a little bit persistent. Um, and it's not annoying. It's, it's what's needed because there's just too much coming in. So right. I think right. that's important. Malia had a follow-up question. What did you major in? Um, that was kind of, I kind of went in like five different directions. Um, <laughs> I was originally planning on 
getting into the medical field. So I was kind of going into this like neuroscience biology kind of field. And then I decided that maybe I didn't want to do that. And I'd rather work with animals. So then I started taking a bunch of prereqs to go to veterinary school. So I actually have like a, like a, my, my master's is in veterinary public health. I was going to work um, like with animals and move in that direction. And then I didn't do that either. So I just kind of went everywhere. But my master's is in veterinary public health. My bachelor's is like a psychology with biology and a minor in chemistry. I don't know what I was doing. And, um, and then uh, and then now I coach softball and have like a farm of animals, basically. So I just, I think it's hard to decide. I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have like this clear path. So I just took like a whole bunch of classes and like everything. It just means you're a really good entrepreneur with a lot of passions. That's a yes. good thing. Yes. Well, and you know what? And I, I, I laugh because like I have this degree that I use in psychology, but like I don't work in psychology, but softball and pitching is psychology. So like I actually find that I use a lot of the like mental side of things and stuff. Um, so and then having a master's in public health, I mean, it, that a lot of that has to do with softball and athletics and all that, too. So it kind of all worked out, I guess, in the end. It all works out in the end. You just teed up a beautiful question. So one of the questions that I always like to ask all of our guests, and this can be our our last question of the night, so we can get you on your way. This has been so fun. The question that I always ask is, you are a time traveler, and you could go back in time and tell your past self one message. What would you tell yourself? That is such a good question. Um, For me, I think I would tell myself that everything is going to be okay. Um, Because I, you know, when I was little and I got sick and then we didn't really touch on it, but like I got sick again when I was 17 with an autoimmune disorder. And so like, I just like felt like, why is this happening to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, I'm a good person. And I just like, I had a lot of those like mental breakdowns in that regard. And I think I just didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to be okay. I didn't know if I was going to get sick more. And I think if I could go back and tell myself like, Hey, everything, like it turned out. Okay. You're doing fine. Like you're going to get through all this. I I really think that would have been all I needed to hear. And I heard it a lot from my, my mom, my parents, but that I think, I think it would have been that because you ask yourself a lot of questions when stuff's not going right, you know? So that's probably what I would have told myself. That's a great message for everybody because it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Corey, thank you so much. This has been so fun to get to interview. What is the best place to stay in touch with you and follow? I know you're active on Instagram. Is there somewhere else that you would, what, what's your best place to, to have us follow on socials? I, I have a Facebook and Instagram and I started a Twitter because apparently it's important for recruiting. So I'm trying to learn <laughs> that. Um, but I do have all three. It is coach Corey fast pitch. Um, that's probably the best place to stay in touch. Um, and then of course, like email as well. So amazing. And so if you guys have any follow-up questions or maybe you think of something after the fact that you would really want to hear about Corey's story, um, or just questions in general, Um, you're active in our community and I love seeing your stuff. So thank you so much for your time tonight and sharing your story. And it's going to continue to impact so many people and inspire because it does, it all works out. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I, I love it. I love what you're doing. I think fearless fast pitch is so needed, and and um, I'm, I'm glad you're doing it too. So I, we appreciate you too. Thank you, Corey.